The following podcast may contain themes and references not suitable for young people and may also contain themes and references that might be offensive to some listeners. Be advised that no ill will has been intended in recording this episode and it has been done so purely for entertainment purposes. If you have any concerns or complaints about what is discussed in the following episode, please contact us. Listener discretion is advised. Time to frock up, put on the sequence and say Guten Tag from Liverpool. We bring you Australia's original Eurovision podcast, Eurovision. Direct from the Eurovision capital of Australia, Sydney. Now, here's your host. Ben yes, it is Euros Vision, your favourite Eurovision podcast that you listen to once a year, or at the moment a few more times a year, because here we are again for another bonus episode and another interview. We get one and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, let's do some more of these. But very excited to bring you a great chat today with Lachlan Woods, the president of OGAE Australia, the official Eurovision Australia fan club. And this is a great chat where we learn a little bit more about the organisation, about why Lockie got involved and what exactly the organisation does. And we also hear a little bit here from Lockie about his thoughts on Eurovision 2023 because he's on a plane in a couple of days flying out to Liverpool to watch Voyager and the gang compete for Eurovision glory in 2023. So this is a great insight to hear from him about his thoughts on this year and everything else Eurovision related for all our super fans of Eurovision out there in Australia. So sit back, relax and listen to our chat with the president of the OGAE Australia, Lachlan Woods. We seem to light a fuse in the last uh, few weeks here on Eurovision when it came to interviews. Of course, we had the amazing Brooke Scullion on the show a couple of times talking about her Australian tour and Eurovision 2023. And the organiser of that group, or part of the organiser when it came to that, was a little group called the OGAE Australia, which is essentially the official fan club of Eurovision in Australia. And during that period when we released those interviews with Brooke, I had the uh, fantastic distinction of getting a message from the president of that group who told me a little bit more about that and sort of what exactly they do. So I thought, well, let's get him on the show. Let's find out about him, find out about the fan club and everything else when it comes to Eurovision and the official club here in Australia. It is a pleasure to welcome the president of OGAE Australia, Lachlan Woods to Eurovision. Lockie, mate, welcome to the show. Hello, how's it going? It's going very well, very well. How about yourself? I'm glad I didn't really butcher that. I had to clarify to make sure that I was saying everything correct with you off air because I realised when I was doing all those introductions with Brooke over the last few weeks, I went like, shit, am I saying this correctly? Am I completely butchering this? No, it's um, you're not the only one. Like, There's, there's <laughs> a lot of confusion. And then as soon as people ask, like, what does OGA stand for? It's like, 
oh god, I got to pull out my my absolutely mediocre French to like try and sort it out. <laughs> well, there goes my next question. Then we won't uh, we won't ask that one. But uh, I was like, we we literally put a disclaimer at the beginning of this show, essentially saying that due to my pronunciation of most names and places, that generally we mean no offense. I just am crap at pronouncing things, so that's kind of I why mean, we do that. If that's the disclaimer, then in that case, OGA is Organisation Générale des Amateurs de la Confession. Wow. That is... I'm guessing. It sounds legitimate. We make <laughs> it work. Like... Seriously, right there. I'm like, yep, absolutely. My high school French pretended to know what that was. But yep. uh, wow, that, that sounded very legit. You have been practicing that. But I, I'm so intrigued for our listeners to be able to find out a little bit more about this group, Lockie, because I'm sure they've got a lot of people out there who are massive Eurovision fans, but realize that there's maybe not an outlet like this to be able to uh, show their fans. So tell us a little bit more about the OGAE Australia. Yeah, sure. So um, OGAE Australia, we started in 2015. I'm not exactly that much of a history buff, but my understanding is that we started in 2015. Um, and the whole aim of the club is to promote uh, the values of Eurovision and about its you know values of inclusion, of diversity, of embracing the weird and wacky nature of music um, and promoting that to Australia more generally. Um, we do have a very uh, good working relationship with SBS, with ABC and with the other, um, with other OGA uh, clubs around the world to be able to also uh, sort of share the, the wonder of Eurovision more broadly. So um, probably the easiest way to explain what we are is where we're a fan club, we're a community-based organisation that is really passionate about Eurovision and what it is all about and uh, would love to do whatever we can to be able to promote Eurovision as far as we can. And this is something then that is part of like a global network of fan clubs, right? So you kind of got the United Nations in some way of Eurovision fan clubs, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, that's right. So we're so OGA Australia is the Australian arm of the OGAE network. Um, off the top of my head, I think there's somewhere between forty and forty-five wow. uh, clubs across across the world, um, including a rest of the world. Club, I was going to ask, like, is it just purely Europe and the countries that compete, or like, if you're in the US or Canada or you know Africa, like, can they sort of join it? So, yeah, so there are most of the countries that do take part in Eurovision have their own specific clubs. So there's an OGA Netherlands, Belgium, France. Uh, there's two clubs for Germany. That's a whole separate story. I don't know why. <laughs> separate no podcasts available, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's all individual clubs for individual nations that take part, but there is also a, um, there's a club for Australia. There's a club for countries that used to take part in Eurovision, but don't anymore. So there's Turkey, notably, for example. Um, and then there's a the rest of the world, which sort of captures Eurovision fans who don't live in a country that have their own OGA club. So Americans, Canadians, um, Kiwis, for example, technically fit under OGA rest of the world, but we do have a sizable number of Kiwis that are part of the Australian club. So it's a, a very broad range of um clubs and abilities to sort of just get involved in the OGA network. So how did you then, Lockie, get involved? Uh, I'll ask you about Eurovision shortly, but just in terms of uh, OGA, how do you get involved in, in that? Yeah. Um, so I, what is it? I think it was in 2018. I was just in the lead up to Eurovision, um, just watching bits of the news. 
and they had an interview from someone from OGA Australia and, of course, just went to immediately Googling, didn't even know that there was a fan club in Australia and just signed up right away um, using my parents' credit card. I was just like, $25, go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so it sort of just came through a bit of Googling for myself um, and absolutely loved it. A couple of weeks after I joined, we had a preview party in Sydney um, and since then I sort of just kept doing whatever I could, just sort of kept up to date with what was happening. And then in 2020, um, stood up to be on the committee. And then in the beginning of 2022, yes, last year, <laughs> um, I became the president of the club. The rise so, to power yeah. was complete, basically. <laughs> uh, the campaign worked, right? It kind of uh, it went that way. Which, how have you found going from Eurovision fan to then being the president of a Eurovision fan club? Um, good question. It's, it's definitely, it's taken a different, um, how do I, like, it's definitely a different turn. I think there's, there, there are different kinds of Eurovision fans and there's different levels of being involved in Eurovision. I think obviously the vast majority of people will probably just watch the Eurovision probably the grand final, probably on a repeat on the Sunday night at a house party. And that's the most that they get of Eurovision. And then you sort of just gradually go down the spectrum of, you know, from casual viewer to diehard fan. I don't like to think of myself as a diehard fan, but given that I sort of willingly decide to wake up at 5am and not just watch the shows themselves, but also watch the national finals leading into the shows and sadly can name a good number of songs from this year's pick, for example. There's nothing songs that really wrong with should it. I'm really sad that uh, one of my co-hosts, Jared, is not on here because I, uh, I, I maybe don't go quite that far, but Jared does. And he essentially is always updating our, our chat saying like, oh, you know, watch this one, watch that one. And this is the update. So I, I, I admire that. But do you find that sort of meeting these other fans on those different levels, you know, to have an organization like OGAE where I'm sure you've got a variety of fans like that who are, who are doing everything that you're saying, but then you've maybe just got your sort of casual people who maybe do watch it on the Sunday night replay and just kind of enjoy that camaraderie with a group of unique fans of a very unique song contest. Mm, It's, it definitely, it definitely has its challenges trying to sort of cater to that broad spectrum of fans. And I think we, we sort of do what we can to allow for that um, broad spectrum. And I think at the end of the day, we're a very welcoming club. You can take part in as much or as little as you want. Um, there's, you know, we really are just an open, a very open and a very welcoming club, no matter how you fit on that um, fan, fan spectrum. There's not like a questionnaire you've got to enter, right? Like who won like 1982 Eurovision and you've got to pass that like. Oh, to go absolutely through, right? not. Okay, good. Even, even if that was the sort of quiz, I, I don't know whether I'd be able to pass, to be honest. <laughs> People are screaming right now. Like, oh, it's this one, it's this one, it's this one. So how many members yeah. do you have? And you sort of obviously mentioned you've got a few Kiwi members, but every state and territory in Australia, I mean, I'm a Tassie boy. Do you have Tasmanian members at all? We actually do have Tasmanian Yay, members. good. Um, <laughs> it may be in the single digits in Tasmania, but hey, we do technically we're, have Tasmanian We're single members. digits everywhere. Don't worry, we're used to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I think off the top of my head, we have around 850 members. Wow. Fantastic. Um, which does make us within one of the, I think we're within the top five largest OGA clubs Amazing. in the network. Are we more than the UK? No, not by Damn. no. Right. The, I mean, the the UK <laughs> is the biggest club by a long shot. Okay. I think they've got they've got like five thousand members. Right. Do we at least beat the, the French? Do we beat the French? No. Oh, damn. Who do we beat? If- Who do we beat, Lockie? <laughs> <laughs> Who's ahead of us? I'll get through I this eventually. <laughs> we're, we're ahead of the finish. Oh, okay. That's ahead- fine. Till this we'll year, at that. least. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they'll cha 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 their way to the top of that, won't they? Probably. Yeah. But, uh, no. Well, that's I didn't realize. Obviously, there's that many. That's fantastic. Is that sort of like the goal then to push to a thousand? Like, do we need to kind of get that goal right up there? And and like, how close are we to number four on that list? Then I'm I'm very competitive, Lockie. <laughs> I I mean, obviously, it all changes. We get like these monthly statistics from OJ International as to how many members are in different clubs. I don't. I it's I'm not that diehard competitive which doesn't make sense because my day job is lawyer normally i'm a bit of a shark (laughs) (laughs) mentality but um my understanding is that we're fairly close to the french which are number four so i think once we get past 900 that's when we start to flip up all right that's um, our goal that's our goal then this year is to to get get above the french right that's the french French. (laughs) that's the goal of anybody in eurovision i think that's kind of what it comes down to yourself though like i mean sort of read your bio a little bit on on the website about when you got into eurovision which makes me feel a little bit old uh but i mean what was it do you remember that very first Eurovision in 2009 that you watched was there a reason why you watched it was it like you were flicking channels at night oh what's this and you just kind of fell in love Quite literally flicking through channels. It was well, 2009, and I don't necessarily mean to show age. I think I was I was in year six in 2009. Yeah, so. old. Yep, all right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Um, and I was just just flicking through the channels during the school holidays. I think it was the just before Christmas 2009, and they clearly were just finding SBS was just filling in the summer broadcasting schedule. And I was just looking through and they were repeating the 2009 grand final and just, I don't know what it was. I do remember the first song that I saw was Inga and Anush, Jan Jan. That was the very first song that I had ever watched. And something about that particular song and something about that general performance of the Eurovision grand final in 2009, I just sat and was glued to the TV for the full three and a half hours. Um, and afterwards, I, yeah, just, I finished, went to mom and I was like, mom, what was that? <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, that was a Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my mom's side of the family is Dutch. So they obviously, they knew about Eurovision. My mom had watched and heard of Eurovision as a kid. So she knew about it, but she wasn't a diehard fan. She was like, oh yeah, Eurovision. It's good fun. Just watch it, Lachlan. <laughs> and ever since then, I just got hooked onto it. So, yeah. Did you take that time then to go back and track down all the old Eurovisions and have you sort of gone back and like listened to it? I mean, sort of how, how far back have you gone through that catalogue of all the Eurovisions that you missed, essentially? Yeah, Um what is it? There's this wonderful YouTube channel called the reorder board where mm, they, mm-hmm. um, they sort of replay different, the previous years. And of they Eurovision get like people to vote. Don't they kind of like do a re vote? Is that that one? I think they, they, some, I don't know how the person does it, but he sort of recreates the voting board to make it look as if it was 
um, how they do it nowadays where, you know, whenever this country gets the most number of points, they get automatically allocated to the top. Um, It's, I don't know how to, basically it's just like a easy way to go through the archives of Eurovision of years past. And I have, I think I have almost watched every single Eurovision now. That's impressive. It is kind of sad. <laughs> no, that's that's put that put that on your resume, mate. That's great. I love that. I love that. What what's yeah. your what's your favorite one? Do you have like a random year that has always been stood out and been your favorite? I don't know what it is. It's I really like I like the Eurovisions from the sixties. Okay. I think it it sort of reflected a it reflected a transition from like the old wartime hymns to starting to become a little bit more pop and. Uh, I think whether people like the song or not, Dansevista from Denmark in 60, I'm going to say 62 or 63, one of those years, I I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate how much that was a turning point for Eurovision because it was a very modern song um, and very out there from the other songs that were put forward that year. Um, so I like, I like Dansevista and then going into the 80s, of course, Celine Dion, in Switzerland, they're back there, just it, you things say it like so that. Perfectly, what are you talking <laughs> about? This French, like that's that's amazing. <laughs> I try. I I mean, if you actually got me to try and speak French, I just don't know what I'm saying half the time. <laughs> <laughs> as long as fake it till you make it, right? As long as people exactly <laughs> people people believe that. I, I see in your bio though. I, that's how I love when you sort of you mention obviously Celine is one of your favorites. You also do mention. A uh, competitor in this year's Eurovision, Laureen, Euphoria. I mean, I'm I'm with you there. It's one of easily my favourite ones as well. How do you feel about seeing her again this year? And what do you think her chances are going to be? I'm I'm excited. I think um, as soon as she won Melody Festival, I was like, she's definitely going to be up there as one of the favourites to win. Um, in in my personal ranking, she is still sitting at my 12 points. Like she is still my favourite. Um, but it's a bit weird. I'm sort of, I've sort of listened to the song so much now that I'm starting to sort of get a little bit over it and I haven't even gotten to Liverpool itself. So we don't even know, we haven't got the confirmation of the staging. We haven't gotten confirmation if she's going to have like the sandwich press. Mm. Like that's the only thing that I care about. If she can do the sandwich press, she's probably going to win. Which you get um, to see it live though too, because we need to mention you are you are heading to Liverpool. So, I mean, kind of what's that yeah. thought process that you get to be with Queen Lorraine in, in the same room and breathe the same air as her? <laughs> it's an absolute honour. Like, I, I, I'm just so excited. It doesn't help. Like, my savings account is absolutely <laughs> screwed at the moment. Um, but I'm incredibly excited, especially because through through the OGA uh, club and through the OGA network, we get access to, uh, we have the ability to receive pre-sale tickets to Eurovision itself. Um, and I was very lucky through the Australian process to receive uh, standing tickets. Um, so, so we're going to see you in the crowd, basically on SBS waving a flag. Probably. I know in my luck, as soon as I, you might like get a cut, cut frame of me and i'm just bursting into tears like hey, oh my god I'm do here. it we expect we're, yeah. we're expecting because you went last year that was your your first one i believe last year in italy what was i mean that must be an incredible experience to go to an event that you've been in love with for you know a majority of your life and to finally get to witness it all in person yeah it was i mean it was an incredible honor um 2020 like rotterdam was meant to be my first eurovision but 
obviously something happened then. Did, yeah yeah nothing big it was no. fine yeah uh, so that was meant to be my first eurovision and eventually um didn't happen so i was like okay i'll just wait until the first eurovision that we actually as australians can go and travel to regardless of the complexities of COVID rules. Um, and it was obviously decided that Turin and Italy was to the one to go to. So I was like, you know what? Put my name in the ring. Let's see what happens. Got tickets to be at the live, at the like live semifinals and the grand final as well. So that was, um, yeah, I, I was just excited to be there. I didn't really know what to, what to expect. I didn't receive a lot of, um, I sort of purposely, didn't try to get, you know, too in depth with, you know, how, how to sort of be a, like how to sort of experience Eurovision. I sort of was like, you know what, I'm just going to go there, see what happens. If I get invited to stuff, cool. Um, and yeah. Did see. you, did you get invited to stuff, Lockie? I know, but that's uh, okay. This year. This year. <laughs> yeah, we'll know, see. <laughs> that, 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 that's going to happen with that one. I just, I mean, a couple of quick things before we let you go. Voyager, obviously, this year. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a banger. I, I'm so in love with their mm. song. I mean, uh, what do you think, Aussie's chance? Obviously, we're last in the semi, so, I mean, kind of a, a bit of a different chance there. And given the voting's changed, I mean, how are you feeling about Voyager's chances this year? Um, I, I really, really, really think I think they'll make it to the final. Um, and I think it helps that they've clearly been doing very well in the um, preview parties in Europe. Um, and people are absolutely loving their performances and they're loving the personalities of um, Voyager themselves. So I think, I think at the very least they will make it to finals. And my go-to attitude has always been for all of our Aussie artists. Once you make it to finals, whatever happens, I'm I'm not too fussed, um, so yeah. I think I think at the very least I'll be I'll be very happy if they um, that they make it to finals and whatever happens from there, yeah. I'll be will be icing on the cake. We will be yes. Uh, I mean, are we are we looking? You mentioned obviously Sweden's getting your twelve points, but I mean Finland's the talk of the town right now. I mean cha cha cha. I mean yes. how are we? I mean. Do we know anything about the stage? Is it going to be a boxing ring? Like, I mean, like, you know, I just, like, I just, I'm picturing this live and I love everything Finland. So, I mean, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a Lordy fanboy from 2006 <laughs> still to this day. But, uh, I mean, can we see this happen again? Because I, I, I still believe, now I don't know if this has been beaten, but I remember seeing a documentary on when Finland won that. I think that was the largest public gathering ever seen in Finland. I think they got like a million people in the streets of Helsinki or something ridiculous, which has, yeah. I believe, never been topped. I don't know if they got more people when they won the gold at the Olympics last year in hockey. I don't know. But I know Finland shuts down when they win Eurovision. So what I'm trying to say here, Lockie, yeah. cha-cha-cha all the way in Helsinki afterwards. What are their chances? <laughs> I will not be upset if they win. I don't think um, anyone will be. <laughs> <laughs> Even Lorraine would probably stand up and go, yep, fair enough. Yep, cha-cha-cha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> I think it'll be – I'm excited. Like, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see if – um, cha cha cha! If they win the televote in the final, plus you know do enough in the jury vote to actually you know make it seriously competitive between them and Sweden, also Austria. Austria's uh, like popopo. I'm very much stuck in that. Like There's so many at the good moment. songs this year, isn't there? Like, yeah. this is, I like I I I've sort of listened to a bunch of them, and then you know some of them only kind of had the clips for it, but like. 
just based on what I've seen, this could be my favourite year for quite some time. I mean, you know, Norway, again, it's, it's no wolf mm. have a banana, but, like, I mean, it's still kind of up there. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the UK last year, controversial, but I think their song this year is better. Like, there's yeah. so many. Germany, they've gone the metal route. I mean, God, yeah. there's so many things to love about this year. I really think this is this is definitely it's a huge step up from a lot of previous years. And I think we're seeing a good and wide variety of Eurovision. And it's sort of one of the reasons why I love Eurovision. You get your very pop safe songs like Sweden, like Norway. Um, and then you get your weird and wacky like Croatia and Romania and Moldova. And they're always the crazy all- ones, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you just get the mean-tastic ones like Poland. Like, you've just got a good wide variety of songs this year to choose from. And I think I'm just excited to see how it goes, especially with the change to voting, which is probably a whole yeah. podcast discussion in itself. But, like, it's it's just – it's going to be exciting no matter what. Very much so, very much so. Lucky people want to join OGAE, uh, what can they do, uh, what, what's involved, and uh, how do we get to 1,000? How do we beat the French? <laughs> so to beat the French, go to OGAEAustralia.com. Um, on the front page, there's a uh, button at the top right corner that says join us. It's $25 uh, to be a member of OGA Australia. Um, and that money uh, goes to supporting the work that we do in uh, promoting Eurovision, such as the preview parties that we had with Brooke um, and a lot of other uh, contests that are uh, happening in the near future as well. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great little community to be part of. Uh, so $25, ogaustralia.com. I'm just going to put one idea in your head, which because I'm, I'm sure you've never had this idea ever, or two ideas actually. Uh, next year's preview <laughs> parties for 2024. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get the pen and paper out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Maybe Laureen, you're going to be there. You can just ask her. You, you, never, know. you never know. And if Laureen's not available, Dustin the turkey. All right, I know. I know. There's an Irish connection. You've had Brooke this year. Go back through the archives, Dust and the Turkey, yeah. mate. I'm telling you now, he would kill it. He would kill it around Australia. I'll just text. I'll text the president of OJ Island and be like, "Hey, do you know Dustin? Like, can you get him to come down under? Like we'll sort out the ship it in we'll a box or something, and just get somebody to put an Irish accent. I don't know. Can't be that hard. Hello, everyone. Dustin the Turkey. Uh, Lockie, pleasure to have you on, mate. Good luck over there in in Liverpool. Have a blast, and uh, we definitely appreciate you uh, joining us on the show today. Amazing. Thank you so much. And a massive thanks to Lockie for his time, for reaching out to me and joining me on the show. Lots of fun to learn just a little bit more about what exactly the OGAE Australia does. I like to kind of pronunciate it a little bit more there to make sure that I get it done correctly. But uh, very, very great work that they're doing and uh, definitely going to become a member, I think, of that. Get Jared and Alex on board. We're going to beat the French, get to a 1,000. That's what we're going to do. It's exciting and very, very good time to have Lockie on the show because in only a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be bringing you our annual episodes. That's right. We we come on air basically once a year, but uh, we've already organized. We're going to be coming together in a couple of weeks to sit down and go over all the Eurovision tracks and give our take on a very fascinating year. 2023 is really 
an exciting year with some great tracks out there. Still hoping to get Colin on board, of course, as well to get that Canada perspective. Maybe we can get him to join the OGAE Rest of the World group once he becomes a massive fan of Eurovision after this year. And, of course, as we always do, we will do our full preview episode. Then we'll do a predictions episode after the semifinals leading into the final. And then we'll all come together once again after the final to discuss our thoughts on it. Talk about the winners and everything else in between and look ahead, I guess, to Eurovision in 2024 as well. So plenty to come over the coming weeks. Remember to like, subscribe, do all the regular stuff that you do. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you think of Eurovision this year. Are you a member of the OGAE Australia Fan Club? We'd love to know your thoughts on that and why on earth we haven't become members already. So pressure us down. We're all down for that and everything else in between because we appreciate your journey with us over the many years we have been in existence, even if we are quite a sporadic show. We still love you guys, and we're glad that you love us at least once a year. Big thanks again to Lockie. Thanks to everyone for listening. My name is me, Ben. Still is. We'll be tomorrow in the next episode. This has been Euros Vision, and we'll speak to you next time. <laughs> Donnez-moi